Hey, Triumph. Uh, this is a little weird, isn't it? I'm looking into a corner of a studio here, and you're watching me from the uh, probably the couch of your living room or your computer and your study or whatever. But, you know, we're so grateful that we can be together this way because God's Word is God's Word. And, and I just pray that today's going to be an encouragement for all of us. We're making a memory together. One thing that seems clear, although we each have our own in individual stories, we're going to look back at this time in history with a common element. And this is the time when our normal has been shaken, when all of us are asking perhaps even bigger questions. When we're vulnerable, like we maybe haven't been for a while, to things like discouragement, things like temptation, things like fear. We're also at a time in our lives when God may do some beautiful work in our, in our hearts and in our relationships. And I can't remember a time that has been as kind of community-wide in terms of in, impacting us since the floods. And some of you may remember the last, I think, significant one was in 2011, and before that, 2009, and before that, uh, 2000, or uh, excuse me, uh, 19, uh, 1997. And uh, this little uh, card here was uh, sent to me. I won't read the inside, but it kind of symbolized what we saw as a, as a time in our community that certainly was a major disruption. And yet, uh, those of us that look back at that time looked, what it, looked at what it did in our community and in our churches and in our personal lives. We saw it as a time when we could come together as a community and do something beyond ourselves, expressing love. And, and, uh, and actually, uh, those times had many sweet memories. I'm kind of wondering what kind of memories we're going to have out of this COVID-19 pandemic. It's so different in, any, in, in so many ways. Certainly, it's disrupted our lives. It's, uh, it's, it's meant that school has been canceled. And the interesting thing is, rather than bringing us together, it seems to, to have scattered us into, into places where we have a lot more time to think and, and be by ourselves. Uh, just a couple days ago, I was with a friend. We were having breakfast, and, and he would self-identify as a classic introvert. And he laughed, and he said, you know, this isn't a lot of adjustment for me. This whole uh, 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 social distancing thing is, is, a, is really a piece of cake. Well, for most of us, even though we're, we may tend to enjoy enjoy alone time as well as together time. This is going to be a very challenging time. When the river was rising, we could keep an eye on it and we could look at the forecast, but there are so many unknowns right now in terms of, uh, of what's going on. The, the, uh, the, the danger that we face is invisible and it's really impossible to forecast. So I'm not going to give you a lot of advice uh, today about how to uh, uh, navigate uh, something like uh, the pandemic. Uh, you've, had, you've had plenty of advice. I'm not going to tell you what to sing while you wash your hands. Uh, I'm not going to uh, tell you how many people, uh, although here at Triumph we're respecting uh, what uh, the experts are telling us about, uh, about gathering and, and, and also respecting the time that we need to be apart. Uh, but I... But I I'm going to reflect on something that was an encouragement to me back during the time of the flood. I came across this cartoon. It's a Peanuts cartoon by uh, uh, Charles Schultz. And we have our two friends, uh, Lucy and, and Linus, looking out a picture window at a pouring rain. And Lucy says, boy, look at that rain. What if it floods? What if it floods the whole world? And Linus says, it will never do that. In the ninth chapter of Genesis, God promised Noah that it would never happen again. And the sign of the promise is in the rainbow. 
Lucy says, you've taken a great load off my mind. <laughs> to which Linus says, sound theology has a way of doing that. <laughs> and so today as we're together, the one thing that, that we have uh, to, to uh, be grateful for is that God has spoken clearly, thoroughly into uh, times like this when we are feeling the brokenness of the world and, and really our need for him. And so the scriptures that, that come to mind would take certainly days to, to share with each other. And, and, and I'm looking forward in the coming days for us to, again, hear those together. But this morning, we're going to take a look at uh, a portion of scripture from the letter to the Philippians, like Paul so often did in, 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 in his letters. His letters were not only uh, explaining to them uh, good theology, who God is, and, and who we are, and the good news of how God has chosen to pursue us with uh, reconciliation, how God has chosen to, to find a way and execute that way that any of us or all of us can live at peace with him. But like us, and, and one of the things about this, this time of, of worldwide pandemic is that we are experiencing together what many people every day are experiencing on a daily basis. While we may be living with uncertainty, while we may be living with some fear, while we may be living with some isolation, one of the things that God may do during this time is make us sensitive and aware and even more attentive to those in our midst who, who, are, who are experiencing those things even at a time when others might not understand. So today we're going to take a look at Philippians chapter 4. In this portion of God's word, we see a beautiful promise. Actually, it's a twofold promise. God invites us to live into a way of relating to him where we benefit from both the peace of God and we, again, are reminded that we are brought into a relationship with the God of peace. So we're going to read this in Jesus' name. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. How does the gift of faith in Christ affect my heart life, in my thought life? And although I understand that all that I enjoy in my relationship with God is really a gift from Him, how can my choices, even this day, affect the impact of this situation on my heart and on my mind. I'm going to invite you to take a look at, at, at a little word here, and we find it here, and we find it here in Paul's letter. In both situations, it, 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 it describes the hope that we have in times like this. Paul says that, uh, that God will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. 
He describes an approach to life that is centered in him. And as we take him at his word, as we believe him, we are promised that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. Secondly, here, Paul uh, describes a way of thinking. In other words, he says, think about what you're thinking. And he says, as we uh, take him at his word and, and, and focus our minds on the things that he promises will give us hope, he says, the God of peace will be with you. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today. We're called to trust God in the tough stuff. And as we think about what, you, and as we think about, um, what we're thinking about these days, how does that shape my understanding of my security and my identity? I find that sometimes... Uh, too many times, uh, I don't rejoice in the Lord. I fret in my flesh. I don't know if any of you um, have had that problem. I imagine that we have, but it's just natural. You know, why, why pray when we can worry, right? Worry seems so, so active, so participatory. And, and, and it seems to change that the way that we are experiencing things and with the false hope that it somehow may make any difference in what's happening around us. God invites us to a different way. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, it's interesting that something that seems like a polar opposite to the circumstances Something uh, like going on uh, that's going on in our community right now to to have someone come up to us and say rejoice in the Lord would almost be like rubbing salt in a wound. Why would Paul say to Christians in addressing the times of anxiety in their life, rejoicing in the Lord doesn't seem very comforting? How could that be? Well, as we think about uh, the, the the place of joy in the life of a Christian. We understand that joy is way more important than we often tend to think about it. In this life that Jesus called us to, it's a life that he, he planned and he purposed to be a life that was marked by joy. And a joy that is not held hostage to what the stock market is doing or the, or the last news feed. Do you realize that in the New Testament there are 326 different occurrences of the words for joy? 130 of one of those uh, references are actually recorded in Paul's 10 letters. We often think of the Apostle Paul as the Apostle of Grace. We love it when Paul talks about grace. In Ephesians, he reminds us, by grace have we been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not as the result of works, so that no one can boast. And so when we think about the wonder of how we relate to God, and Paul uses this amazing word, grace, which means that we enjoy the benefits of Christ, not because we have merited them, but because God in his kindness has chosen to give them to us. Paul says that, that, that we stand in this grace, we're strong in this grace, we live in this grace. Did you know that the Greek root, I'm going to go a little Greek on you here, that the Greek root of the word grace and the Greek root of the word joy are the same root. 
There is something about grace and something about joy that is interrelated in the way that God has revealed himself to us. Now, as we think about going forward in these days, certainly we're going to need to remind ourselves often, not only of God's grace towards us, when we go through moments when we aren't going to be trusting his promises, right? We aren't going to be um, uh, non-anxious. In fact, we're going to be very anxious. We're going to neglect prayer when, when, when God was just a prayer away. And we're going to be re reminded again and again that in this time of crisis, God is now looking down on us as an impatient foreman, hoping that we are going to keep up with his demands. He is waiting to meet us at our point of need. We are also going to need his grace in our daily living. I think we heard earlier in the prayer that, uh, that Dan shared with us that, that there are going to be situations now where some of our relationships, which maybe had some, some struggles before, are now going to be really put to the test as we're going to be spending more time together than, than we had planned or even wanted to spend together. Even those whose relationships were pretty solid are going to find themselves at, at a strain point as, as just the, the, the uncertainty of, of what's going on around us begins to take its toll on our lives. Kathy, my wife, and I were just talking about this the other day when, 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 we, when we realize that we're not ourselves, that that, that, that sense of kind of undertow right now in the culture of uncertainty affects us. And certainly when, when we look at our, our cell phones to find out uh, what the last COVID-19 virus news is, or worse yet, take a look and see what happened to our retirement account uh, following the stock market, we certainly can find lots of reasons to be stirred with anxiety. And so in those moments, we not only can struggle ourselves, we can struggle in our relationships. So we're going to need to understand that grace is something that we'll receive from God during these times of crisis, but also um, extend to one another. And here's the blessing in this. As we settle in and humbly receive the promise of God's grace and what that means in our relationship to him, and we find ourselves focusing on the fact that we could not be loved more by God, that he has chosen us, that he has, that he has loved us, and that he is aware that we are going to be struggling during these times, and he has chosen to relate to us according to his grace, that also sets the tone on how we relate to one another. So when Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, remember he says, in the Lord. I certainly am, am not excited about uh, this, this time of, of social distancing as we move into, into the days ahead, but, but I am grateful that I'm not alone that God is with me. I am grateful that his promises to me in Christ Jesus are never going to change. And although my, my attitude may change, though my way of thinking may change, he is not going to change. So when Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, we are pointed to that one uh, part of our reality that, that is unchangeable. Paul says that, that as we do this, the peace of God which transcends understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, I think of all the thoughts that are trying to make their way into my, uh, into my heart and my mind at a time like this. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I've been spending a little too much time on this. Can I get an amen out there? <laughs> and, and the other night I woke up in the morning, actually I hadn't really slept much, 
And I said to Kathy, I said, you know, that was a terrible night's sleep. She said, I could tell by the way you were thrashing. And she said, you, know, you, would know, you should know better, Jeff. How much time did you spend on your phone before you turned off the light to go to bed? I said, busted. You're absolutely right. And I have to say, last night, she kind of gave me that. She didn't have to say anything. She just looked at me. I put the phone on the bedstand and, and kind of let, let the night end the way that, that, that it should have ended. And I woke up this morning. You know, I had a choice. I had a, I had a choice in what I was uh, fixing my heart and, and my mind on. And, and to think that, that, that even if I put that thing away, the enemy is, is, is going to continue to try to bombard me with with, with questions about God, questions about his love, bringing up old things, making me maybe a little oversensitive to what others are doing and, and how it irritates me. That's just the way it's going to be. But to think that God has said, you know what, Jeff? Look to me. Rejoice in me. Remember my thoughts.